Hey, good evening, everyone. Grant Cohn here. Just got home from Niners minicamp day one. Hopefully you checked out my practice report for the quarterbacks, for the non-quarterbacks, for the good, for the not so good, and everyone in between. Um, if not, we can go over a little bit more now. I got other things I want to talk about. Uh, let's get right into it. So when I got to Levi's State today for minicamp, I made a little video on the field. And I told you something feels weird. Some feels weird. Trey Lance posted that cryptic thing on Instagram right after reports that the Niners feel Brock Purdy's going to start week one. Then the Niners work out a quarterback for no reason. Kyle Shanahan today just said, yeah, you know, we work out a lot of players. I was thinking, man, Trey, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Lance privately requested a trade last week. I don't know. But it just felt like it. Doesn't mean he's going to get traded, obviously. Doesn't make any sense to the Niners. But I... I it was like kind of felt weird. So that was my working hypothesis coming into the day. Like something's weird. Then Sam Darnold took most of the first team reps. So until I see Trey Lance working with the first team offense again, I'm going to have to wonder about that. But they say tomorrow he's going to be working with them. But I asked Kyle Shanahan after practice straight up uh, in the event that Brock Purdy starts week one. Have you talked to Trey and or his agents about a potential trade? And he said no and left it at that. So to me, that's either the truth or effectively the truth, meaning there was never a conversation or there was a conversation. It's not going to happen, so it's not even worth acknowledging. That's what he said. Didn't happen. No trade request. So what did I see today on the field? I did see Kyle Shanahan walk up to Trey Lance on the field and talk to him, and they were laughing. So I don't know what they were talking about. Maybe Kyle Shanahan said, hey, I saw you airmail that ball boy. <laughs> saw that clip. Or maybe he said, hey, man, I'm sorry you want to leave, but you got it. you're stuck with me for a little while longer, man. Sorry. It does seem like Kyle Shanahan and Trey Lance get along really well. Um, I don't know what Kyle's deal is, how he feels about, about Trey as a player, but I think guy to guy, I mean, I think he's hard not to like Trey. But at the same time, it seems like they kind of like each other, which they have some type of rapport. Kyle Shanahan was tapping into that today. You could kind of see it. I put it out in the video. Then also I noticed George Kittle and Trey Lance like dancing together. I can't remember seeing Trey Lance ever dance during practice. He's been so serious, so much pressure on him as the 49ers quarterback. Now all of a sudden the pressure's off. They've left him for dead metaphorically, and he's over there with – George Kittle, who I didn't even think liked him, dancing, talking, really hanging out a lot. And then after practice, George Kittle goes on and on about how much better Trey Lance is than last year and how much more confident he is and how much happier he is, how much more he's enjoying playing, which is key. I mean, a lot of people act like it's really easy to be quarterback for the 49ers. And I guess in certain ways, in certain ways it is, but people don't talk about how much pressure there is uh, on every single quarterback who plays quarter uh, here. So... um, that's what I noticed. It, I, I got the vibe of maybe a quarterback who wants out but not getting out. And the head coach came over, checked in with them. The tight end came over, checked in with them. I mean, really, Kittle and Kyle are the two most important members of the organization or the faces of the organization. And they're at least smoothing thing, things over with Trey. Uh, that's how I would read it. Or they're all good. Anyway. No trade for Trey. Kyle Shanahan said so himself. I asked. He didn't expand on it, but I thought it was an important question considering they have no explanation for why they're working out Jack Cohn tomorrow. 
no explanation for that. Um, so Trey Lance here to stay, starting to get some positive reviews. What do I think of Trey Lance? I've seen him now three times this offseason, twice in OTAs, once in minicamp. He really has improved. Everyone's saying it. It comes across a little patronizing sometimes, like, this guy really sucked in the past. But now he's improving. I don't really see it that way, but let me tell you, like, an, an honest assessment of where he's improving. So one thing his critics point to is the short throws. They say he can't hit a layup. He can't throw a slant. He can't throw a screen. In the past, there was some truth to that. We've seen him miss some screens and some slants that he should hit that Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy would hit. Today, all throughout the offseason, I've seen a guy who's much better on the short throws in a lot of ways. In the past, when he would throw a slant or a shallow cross, he would throw it as hard as he could. He would, like, you know, grunt as he threw the five-yard shallow cross. Like, you can't throw the ball like that. There are some throws, a lot of the short ones, that you don't need to throw as hard as you can. In fact, you shouldn't be throwing them as hard as you can. They're practically underhand throws. And you can see now on the five-yard passes, he's not throwing them as hard as he can anymore. It's a big development. And so while I gave him crap for dinking and dunking, gave both him and Sam Donald crap for dinking and dunking in OTAs, his dinks and dunks are a lot better than what they used to be because I think that's a good word for dinks and dunks. It's, almost, it's a sound. It's an onomatopoetic phrase. It's not a bang, bang, which is what Trey Lance's checkdowns were. It's a dink and a dunk. It, it's finesseful. That's not a word at all. But there's finesse involved in the dink and the dunk. And, and you know, Trey's was a kapow, bang, boom. So now it's more of a dink and dunk. And I thought he had a 70-yard touchdown pass today. That went about 30 yards in the air, 25 yards in the air. But his best throw of the day was a just a 10-yard throw over the middle to Brandon Ayuk on third and I want to say five, okay? Because this is the throw that people who have written off Trey say he can't make, that Purdy can make or Jimmy can make. In the shotgun, third and five, get the ball, rock and fire. One step, slant. No hesitation, quick release. Don't throw it too hard, throw it in stride. He did it today, and he's been doing it all offseason. So that is the biggest improvement I've seen from him just in terms of throwing, the quick throws. He has a nice deep throw. His throws over the, the intermediate throws are a work in progress in terms of accuracy, although he was hitting them today. But if he can't hit the layups, he's a lost cause, right? Well, he's hitting the layups now. If you are a Trey Lance skeptic, but you're open-minded and you sincerely hope he improves, it should give you some hope that he can now hit, well not uh, he can now, he is now hitting the layups consistently with touch and accuracy. That's good. So that's what I've seen. And it's only been three practices. George Kittle's seen all the practices. It's been seven. And what he says is he sees a guy who is much more confident uh, and comfortable in the pocket in the past two years. I could see that. And a guy who's actually enjoying playing football for the first time in a long time, which is interesting. Um, Wow. I mean, George Kittle always seems to be enjoying playing football, and I don't see how you could play at a high level if you're not enjoying it. Uh, Trey Lance has all the talent in the world, but if he's out there not enjoying himself, probably none of that talent's going to come through. So that's significant. Not, I mean, I guess I can understand why he wasn't enjoying the being the quarterback of this team. There's a lot of pressure. He was pushing out Jimmy Garoppolo, their friends, and uh, boy, a lot of people don't like Trey Lance for being thrust into the situation. But from what I see, he's making incremental progress. I'm not saying he's going to be a pro bowler this year. I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying he's going to start. But if you want to know how I, what Trey Lance 2.0 looks like, it looks like a guy who hasn't scrambled once. I'm waiting to see what full-speed Trey looks like. 
post ankle surgery, but he's not playing like that. They're not calling zone reads. They're not installing quarterback driven runs. He'll you know roll out a little bit here and there. No scrambling, just throwing. And really, right now, when he's on, he looks like a young Dak Prescott in terms of how he throws. When he's off, he looks bad. But frankly, I don't think he's looked off this offseason. I mean, he had a good uh, first day of OTAs in front of the media. His second day of OTAs in front of the media was a little bit shakier, but he had like three or four drops. And one thing that's important that people don't talk about with Trey, he doesn't put the ball in harm's way. Jimmy Garoppolo does a lot. He'll throw passes to defensive players standing right in front of him. Sam Darnold does too. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Trey Lance, he'll have some wild misses, but he generally doesn't miss and hit defensive players in the hands, at least in practice so far. When he misses, he misses everyone. He misses the receiver, the defender, the coach on the sideline, the cheerleader, the ref. I'm sorry, I'm being mean. Um, but I think that's actually an underrated skill. For a guy who's scattershot, who's working on his accuracy, he, he does protect the football. He does it in practice. He does it in games. So that's what I'm seeing from Trey Lance 2.0. Answer a couple questions. Marco Bravo says, what do you think Kyle told Trey on the field? What do you guys think? I'd love to know. It was, uh, hey, man, was it, was it, uh, sorry, man, you're stuck with me for like at least three more months, dude. Sorry. <laughs> you're stuck with me. I'm sorry. Or, or I, what was it? I would love to know. Was it something like that? Or were they just, were they joking about the last episode of Succession? Matthew Sanders says, is it okay yet to get excited about the deep ball? Um, not if Sam Darnold's a quarterback. Okay, let's talk about Sam Darnold. So I've seen Sam Darnold practice three times now. And today I thought was a real good sort of microcosm or encapsulation of what he is. I feel like I have a pretty good feel for Sam Darnold now. And he's not trash. He's complicated. The... He's complicated. Practice started in the red zone, seven on seven. And there's no question he was better than Trey in this, in this particular drill. Each guy had five throws. Darnold was five for five. One was dropped, but all of his throws were on target. Should have been four touchdowns and one check down to Jordan Mason who got tackled at the two. Although in a real game, maybe he breaks that tackle. So, I mean, Darnold was kind of flawless in a seven on seven red zone drill. And... He made quick decisions. He was making sideline, th- I mean, sidearm throws, and you're like, "Oh wow, okay, so yeah, I, that's I can see why he was the third pick in the draft. He's making that look really easy." Then Lance comes in with the second team against the second team, and it's like, first two throws are touchdowns, but then the second throw, he hesitates and scrambles and realizes he's not gonna scramble for a touch, so he throws the ball away. And the next one, he throws the ball out of back of the end zone. It's like, I don't know, man. So you could see right away, like Darnold plays with a little bit of a swagger at times where he can make, you know, things look easy. A little bit like Brock Purdy. A little bit of a playmaker in the red zone, seven on seven. So I'm thinking, man, maybe Darnold really has been wearing out Trey Lance in this competition behind closed doors. And there's a reason why Darnold's starting today. And he's better than, maybe he's just better than Trey. I don't know. Like, I'm thinking that, like, God, maybe I just, maybe Darnold's just better, like everyone says. Then they go to 11 on 11, and Darnold unravels, and it's really crazy to see. And it's very Jimmy Garoppolo-esque, where one bad throw leads to the next, and they're all the same. So it starts off with a um, an RPO. They're in the shotgun. He is, you know, holding the ball out in the belly of a running back. And while he does that, he's reading a conflicted defender 
And the whole idea is you're reading one defender. If he goes one direction, you hand off. If he goes another direction, you throw it. So I don't know. He's, he's reading Diamador Lenore, I think. He decides to pull the ball and throw it and throws it right at Lenore. It was like seven yards away from him, right in front of him. And Lenore just drops it because he's a DB. Uh, so that was strange. It's like, man, did you get fooled? He was seven yards away from you. You were looking at him, and you threw it to him. It was really strange. And that's like, oh, yeah, like that's exactly a Jimmy Garoppolo type of play. I've heard people say that he's like Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm like, yeah, I can definitely see that. Next throw, next throw again, he forces a ball underneath to McCaffrey, five yards away from him, and the pass gets broken up by Oren Burks. Next throw, next play, he forces the ball three yards away from him to Jordan Mason, who has to make like a heroic bang-bang catch in front of George Odom, who almost picked it off. Great catch from Jordan Mason just to gain three yards. Next play, again, from the shotgun. Uh, Darnold gets the ball, predetermines his throw, forces it underneath to Braden Willis running a slant, gets the pass broken up by Oren Burks. So four throws in a row, defensive players got their hands on. And then the coup de grace to top it off, this dude, Darnold, draws the defense offsides. Two players. I'm thinking, wow, look at that. Cadence, free play, playmaker Darnold. What's he going to do? He looks downfield and throws the ball in the dirt next to Christian McCaffrey. Like, why would you do that? Why would you practice that? You just got a free play. Practice it. Aaron Rodgers used to practice that all the time. So to me, it's like, it's you, you see, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo Jr. here, a guy forcing passes over the middle into coverage. And then you have a guy making like a total like, like I don't even know what to say about that decision. It's like, are you locked in at all? So I just don't think I, he can make some nice throws, but he makes way too many decisions where you're like, what was that, man? Way too many throws like that. And I think if he does play for the Niners, I, he may win a game or two. People always focus on how easy it is to play quarterback here because of the playmakers and the defense and the coach, and all that's true, but I don't think people factor in the insane level of pressure these quarterbacks are under. Jimmy was kind of impervious to it, but every other quarterback that's been here has wilted under the pressure from C.J. Beathard to Brian Hoyer to Nick Mullins to Trey Lance. Uh, I mean, Brock Purdy was impervious to the pressure, which was so amazing about his stretch down the see toward the end of the season last year how he was impervious to all the pressure that was on top then he got hurt but Darnold I mean do you think Darnold could step in and be impervious to the pressure like Purdy like we already saw him buckle under the pressure in New York and that team sucked but it was just a big market and he couldn't take the criticism he was awful he couldn't take the pressure in Carolina he lost his job to Baker Mayfield so I to me he you know um George Kittle talked about Trey Lance looking confident and seeming like he's enjoying playing football. I don't see that with Sam Darnold. Even when he's playing well, I don't see a guy enjoying playing football, and I never see a guy who's confident. I do see a good athlete, though, but I see a guy who's had a lot of failure and doesn't seem to enjoy it or really have much confidence. So if he ever has to play meaningful snaps for the 49ers, that's a lot of pressure. How's he going to do? I mean, people make fun of Trey Lance's, not make fun, but they downplay Trey Lance's first career win. Week 17 of his rookie year. There's a lot of pressure on that start. It was a must-win game. He won it. So we've seen Trey Lance deal with, I mean, he's dealt with a whole lot of pressure coming here. Sam Darnold was hiding in Carolina. He won four of his last six games. 
No one knew that he was playing. No casual football fan knew that Sam Darnold was even playing or that the or that the Panthers were even still a team. Like they were they waved the white flag week seven when they fired their coach. So now you're on the Niners. Everyone's watching you. Everyone's saying you're the next like Kurt Warner or Steve Young. If you actually have to play just an unreal amount of pressure, I don't think he's built for it. I think it's a bad spot for him. I think he should be playing for teams like Jacksonville, Arizona, teams that don't even exist, essentially. Teams that don't have fans. Teams that are never on television. That's where Sam Darnold should play. I hope I'm wrong. I sincerely hope I'm wrong. I don't care when I'm right. But that's my impression of Sam Darnold. Trey's better than him. Trey's improving. Sam Darnold makes nice throws sometimes. He's a more natural thrower than Trey, but he's never going to improve on his complete lack of confidence. He's never going to be equipped to handle the pressure of being a starting quarterback in the NFL. He couldn't even handle the pressure of being a starting quarterback in college. Am I being too hard? That's the way I look at Sam Darnold. Sorry. Um, powerful one says Debo taking accountability is nice hope it's a sign of a bounce back year if we can get 2021 Debo with CMC Kittle and growing Ayuk who boy agree I'm going to talk about that in the middle that, in a minute that was huge Marco Bravo says is it possible Cone is being looked at because Sam isn't impressive possible but I doubt it if Sam wasn't looking impressive why would he be getting all these first team reps and I don't think he's that impressive I think he's the same Sam but the Niners, I mean, Kyle's been looking at Sam and liked him for a long time. So I maybe we just see it, have different perceptions of what's good and not good. Novin says it's so obvious Kyle wants to win because of Kyle. He doesn't care about who his quarterback is. Why? Because his dad never made the Hall of Fame. His dad won because of his quarterbacks. Yeah, he's trying to change that. He can't win because of his quarterbacks. It has to be because of him. So you either win because of him or not at all. Let's talk Debo Samuel. I was surprised to hear what Debo Samuel said at his press conference today. He took full accountability for his year last year. He said he was in bad shape. He had a bad offseason. He said he was awful. He said he was trash. He said he's never going to put that type of play on film ever again. It was amazing because last year I was saying some of these things like, hey, he's overweight. He's out of shape. He's not himself. And I feel like, I don't know if he didn't acknowledge it or he wasn't asked about it or his coaches didn't acknowledge it or his fans didn't acknowledge it, but now it's all out there. And that gives me so much hope for Debo Samuel going forward. I was thinking like, man, this is a guy who's not a serious professional. He wasn't, he's not a a professional athlete. He's not in it to be the best of all time or the best he can be. He's not in it to be the best he can be. He's in it to get the bag and he got it. And he's a, he's a great, 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 great athlete who performed at an all pro hall of fame level for one year when he had a monetary motivation. Well, he's never going to have that again. He's set for life. I mean, he'll have another contract year, but that's not coming for a while, and he is set for life. So is there another form of motivation here? Like, do you want to be the best or not? And last year, I was thinking, this guy doesn't really need to be the best. Brandon Ayuk needs to be the best. Debo Samuel's a better athlete than Brandon Ayuk. But Brandon Ayuk is a better competitor, a better pro, more driven than Debo Samuel, a better leader. And I'm wondering, like, Debo, what are you going to do? Are you just going to fade into the sunset, have a slow decline, say that you had bad luck and injuries and bad quarterbacks, or are you going to bounce back? And it sounds like he's going to bounce back. He's not making excuses. He's being honest with himself, holding himself to a high standard. That's what the best players do. You hold yourself to a high standard. It's not about getting money. It's about being better 
than you than you were last year. And if Debo can keep doing that, he could be a Hall of Fame player. He has that kind of talent. He's that good. So he talked like a Hall of Famer today. He talked like a guy who could be an All-Pro again. That's encouraging. Last year, honestly, he wasn't even, he wasn't a captain. He didn't deserve to be a captain. He wasn't the best wide receiver on the team. Brandon Ayuk was. He wasn't the leader of the wide receiver room. Brandon Ayuk was and is. Debo has to make all that up. And he's in the process. I mean, he's not on the field competing in 11-on-11s. Brandon Ayuk is. So this is a Debo Samuel topic, but now I want to transition to Brandon Ayuk. I really admire everything about Brandon Ayuk. Debo Samuel, he's doing better, but at the same time, like, he doesn't participate in 11-on-11s in minicamp. Like, he's graduated beyond that. So has George Kittle to the most, for the most part, although he dabbles a little bit. You got to give Brandon Ayuk credit for going out there and working a full workload as if he's a rookie on the team. You got to love players who do stuff like that. Jerry Rice used to do stuff like that. Tom Brady used to do stuff like that. I don't care how good I am, what kind of status I am. I'm going out there and grinding like it's my first day here. I love players who do stuff like that. Debo doesn't want to do it. That's his prerogative. Nick Bosa, Trent Williams, they don't want to do it. That's their prerogative. Fred Warner, that's fine. You guys are all still great. But Ayuk does it. Special place in my heart for you. Christian McCaffrey, same for you. Because that's what I would imagine Jerry Rice would have been like. They wouldn't be like, hey, I'm here, but I'm not. Because I'm kind of I'm a big deal. And if I like twist my ankle, you know, like the whole season's screwed. So I'm going to stand over here like, got to respect a guy who not only goes out there, but kicks butt. Brandon Ayuk. Like it's mid-December. Those, you need as many of those guys on your team as possible. And when the Niners went to the Super Bowl in 2019, all their best players were those kind of guys. Bosa was a rookie. Fred Warner was a second-year guy. Like none, none of these guys were taking off-seasons off. They were all trying to prove themselves and impress the coaches. So it's good to have guys who still are like that on the team. Brandon Ayuk. What else we got? Vinny Boy says, well said, Debo. A man takes responsibility. Love every word in that two minutes. My respect has skyrocketed for the man. Yeah, that's like that's a grown man right there. That's a grown man, a true pro, and a man that you can bet is probably going to bounce back. My only question with Debo is, you know, the injuries at this point. He can say the right things, do the right things, but if he pulls his hamstring, pulls his groin, tweaks something, misses a month, what's his conditioning going to be like after that? He can have the best intentions, but he has been a little injury prone, and it seems like once he gets injured once, all of a sudden, he's not the same guy. 2021, he was able to stay healthy for a long time, able to stay in shape. That's key. So let's see if he can do that. I don't know if he can. Danny Gray, to me, was sort of the MVP of the practice. I Okay, so the first target he got was in the seven-on-seven red zone drill. He got a, a target from Sam Darnold. Gray was on the left. He was going against... Diamador Lenore, starting right cornerback for the 49ers, man-to-man coverage, smoked Lenore with a slant. Darnold put the ball on the money, in stride, on time. Danny Gray tried to catch it with his body, which he is a body catcher, and he dropped it. And I'm thinking right here, like, man, this guy, this guy is, I I wrote him off right there. I'm like, this guy's not going to, he's not going to be good. He's not going to be a good, he's a one-trick pony. He's Travis Benjamin at best. After that, he just took over. He uh, wor- he destroyed Diamador Lenore. He destroyed him on that one route, didn't catch the ball, and then he just worked him the rest of 
practice. Worked him the rest of practice. And now all of a sudden I'm looking at Danny Gray a little differently. Like he is not A.J. Jenkins. A.J. Jenkins was supposed to be a speed split end X receiver, but none of that speed translated to the field. He ran a 4-3-9, I believe, and it, none of it translated. Danny Gray runs a 4-3-3, I believe. You could tell. Him running a shallow cross, <laughs> good luck covering that man-to-man. Honestly, that's scary. Him running deep, cross, deep crossers, shallow crossers, fades, good luck. He's really fast. The only question is, is he going to clank the ball off his chest? And if he does it a couple times in the games, are you going to go back to him when it really counts? But today it was cool. He clanked it off his chest. They kept going back to him, and he made plays. Best play was on third and long. He ran like a, I want to say like a deep button hook, caught it 25 yards, turned, ran across the field, touched it. Like his speed is legit. He is not a, a gadget player. He's not a, a flanker. You don't really put him in motion to get him a quick throw. He put him at X. You put him on the line of scrimmage. And if people want to press play press man coverage, well, they better not get whoop deep. And if you play off and you play man, well, you better be able to run across the field in those shallow crosses. That speed is real. And I, th- I think they all, all they ever wanted him to do was fill the Travis Benjamin role in the team. I think he might be able to do that plus. He, I mean, he's got the speed, but more than that, he looks strong this year. You know, Kyle Shanahan is like, he was a wide receiver, right? And he has high standards. But he was like a slot receiver who ran like a 4-8. You know, he was probably slower than the tight ends at Texas. So to him, you know, to be a complete wide receiver, you got to block. Because I'm sure he was a great blocker, right? As if he was good at anything. Um, yeah, so Danny Gray, I get the feeling that he's being a little bit more, he's a little bit more equipped to block now. And maybe he's a little bit more... Um, consistent in his practice performance but i'm thinking he's improved a lot since his rookie year not saying he's a starter in the nfl i'm not saying that but as a number three number four guy who i mean again like if you put him on the field with mccaffrey debo iuk and kittle and danny gray's the fifth guy on third down dude you're gonna get him wide freaking open sometimes because everyone's looking at mccaffrey iuk kittle and debo like you can't double cover all of them, but some, yet somehow they're going to draw all the attention. And, you know, if your fifth guy who just gets forgotten about is Danny Gray, that's a touchdown. If it's Kyle Juszczyk, it's not a touchdown. <laughs> so if it's Juwan Jennings, it's not a touchdown. Danny Gray is very interesting. Kyle, at his best in Atlanta, had a number three receiver in Taylor Gabriel who was devastatingly dangerous because teams weren't thinking about him. They were thinking about Julio Jones. Sanu and Hooper and Freeman. So kudos to Danny Gray, who I've really been very hard on in a lot of offseason. Good, not so good reports. DeSwish1 says, if Kyle doesn't win a ring by 2025, his contract does not need to be renewed. Jimmy stays healthy and we have an injury. Uh, Bad looks for Kyle. Love the show. Yeah, that's sort of what the Niners can do with Kyle Shanahan. Instead of trading him and fire or firing him and having to live with that decision and maybe being wrong, they can do what the Eagles did with Andy Reid and just say, look, man, um, we've had you a really long time and we really acknowledge that you're a good coach and no, like we would never fire you. Like we don't want to be the, like the one team that fires you. Um, but we're also not going to renew your contract. Sorry. We gave you like 10 years, dude. In Kyle's case, it would be what? Nine. Andy Reid had 14 with Philly. I think it's fair. Maybe two more years. 
to show that you can find some stability at the quarterback position. I feel like every coach, every team is expected to have stability at the quarterback position except Kyle. Like he's the one co- co- uh, coach who doesn't have to pick a quarterback. He can get all his quarterbacks hurt and people are like, "Oh, he's still a good coach." Like, is he? He like 18 quarterbacks in 15 years as 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 a as a coordinator, is he a good coach or is he a guy who is just playing musical chairs at the most important position. I, you, I don't know. He's two more years to prove that he's not that guy. Jay says, do you think Trey will get his chance to start for this team? I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, last year, all three quarterbacks. I, I guess what I would say is I don't care what the Niners are planning. I think probably all three quarterbacks will play this year. If not, Brandon Allen, too. Sorry to be a jerk. Flave says, were any of the 11-on-11 in the red zone? No. And which starters on the O-line, D-line played in 11-on-11? Which QBs? Fair point. Uh, On defense, the only starters who played were Armstead, who played a few snaps, Cleland Farrell, um, Oren Burks, if you want to call him a starter, Isaiah Oliver, if you want want to call him a starter, Uh, Lenore, Hafunga got a few snaps. That's it. That's it. So... And the only starters who didn't play on offense were Debo and Trent. So when Sam was out there, he had an, an advantage. When Trey was out there, he had an advantage, right? And again, Darnold didn't take all the first-team reps. Trey got some reps with Ayuk and McKivitz and all those guys too. So I don't have a full breakdown of of which who was on the field, all 11 on each play. It happens too fast, and the Niners do it on purpose that you can't do that. But it's a good question. Anderson. Says, uh, what are the Niners doing differently to avoid key injuries this year? Nothing. Sorry. Nothing. It's just been bad luck, Anderson. Holland Tracy says, how's Gray's lateral speed? I mean, I don't know, but I I don't know about his quickness at the top of routes, but he won on a slant today, and he's devastating on a shallow cross. I'll give him that. NG49 says Niners making a mistake by thinking of now we want to win now, but priority should be finding a 10-year, 15-year elite quarterback, whatever that may be, choose wisely. Well, Kyle and his dad have never found that quarterback. You know, they've had little spurts of success with vets or the occasional young guy, but essentially they've, since John Elway retired, the Shanahan brand haven't had any sustained success with a quarterback. Who is Sparta says, is Lance going to be the guy who starts low but heats up as the game goes along? If so, then with our defense and run game, that could be a wing recipe. I mean, that's what that's who he was today, and that's who he was week 17 when he won. So maybe he had a chance to be that guy week one in Chicago, but a torrential downpour hit in the fourth quarter. Okay, last topic, Jake Moody. Yeah, it's time to panic. It's time to panic about Jake Moody. No, I'm kidding. Or am I? I'm, I'm a little nervous for Jake because he's replacing Robbie Gould who was I mean he wasn't automatic but he wouldn't have like wild misses like sometimes he would miss by a tiny little bit or he wouldn't have quite the leg to hit something from far away Jake Moody has a very strong leg no question about it dude has a freaking bazooka for a leg but he missed a 38 yard field goal today like shanked it that's the kind of stuff you didn't see from Robbie Gold. Like, he was on the right hash. This dude cranked like a 70-yard kick wide left from 38 yards out. It was like, dude, you, did you have to kick it that hard? Like, what were you trying? Like, Zane Gonzalez over here, like, 
barely making it through the uprights from 38 yards away. Like just, but he made it. Like, I don't know, man. I remember I wasn't a Raider fan growing up, but I'm from Oakland and I happened to watch the Raiders when they were on TV, which wasn't all the time. If you remember those um, blackouts or whatever they called. Anyway, Sebastian Janikowski, he would do that stuff all the time, man. He'd be standing there from like 38 yards out. He would kick it as hard as he could and he would shank. He would like hook it wide right. He's a lefty. See it all the time. Like definitely had the strongest leg of any kicker in the league, but he wasn't what you'd call a great kicker or even necessarily a good kicker because the goal is to put the ball through the uprights. So I don't know. That was just one kick. And then uh, a few minutes later, he he made a 43-yarder that was a straight-up line drive that no one tipped. It's like, how did you do that? Maybe maybe the grass was slick. But um, if he can't even consistently kick like a parabola, I don't. People are gonna miss Robbie Gold. That's all I'm saying. The idea of Jake Moody's great. A guy who can boom it from 60 something yards out. That's great, man. But if he's gonna be missing 38 yard field goals. Because he kicked him too hard, people are going to miss Robbie Gold fast. It's not even that they're going to miss Robbie Gold. Zane Gonzalez is going to be kicking field goals for the 49ers. It's going to be like that. So I don't know what the deal is with Jake Booty. I've only seen him three times. But that 38-yarder today was a little alarming, dog. Like, not even close. <laughs> you boomed it, though. Man, must have went 70 yards. Wow. Anyway. Do better. Uh, Cisco Kid says, sorry I'm late if you answered was Bosa there today. Yes, I didn't see him, but he was there and he spoke at the po- at the presser afterward. Coach says, Trey's last throw, the seam to Ray Ray, was it his last progression read? Did he see it early and come back or did he see it right away and hit it? Ooh, you almost, you'd almost think the coach was there. Did they post it on spe- on social media? It was a good throw. Let me go back. The way I remember it was, it was third and 10, it was his first read. It was no hesitation. That's the way I remember. It wasn't like, let me look over here. Oh, look who's wide open standing there over the middle. It was, no, uh, third and 10, shotgun. There's a brief little window where he, you know, I think it was zone. I think he just got past the linebackers. He's right between a linebacker and a safety. It was a really nice throw. It was the kind of throw that you wouldn't expect Trey Lance to make. And that was right, it was two, that was right after the touchdown. He, these were three throws in a row. Third and three, he hits Ayuk on the slant to the left. I thought that was his best throw of the day. The next throw, third and eight, touchdown Danny Gray. You could argue it was a better throw. I mean, it went downfield. Next throw, third and 10, seemed to Ray Ray. You could argue that was his best throw. I mean, got to have it, third and 10, hits Ray Ray McLeod, first read between two defenders over the middle. I think that's, and again, like old Trey Lance might not have even thrown that, had the quick enough release to get it there. But he's been in the system. He's changed his throwing. You'll, you'll, you'll see it yourself. He's changed his throwing mechanics a little bit. He's better at getting those quick balls out uh, quickly, short passes out quickly. Boom, rocked and through. Look good. Good question. That was his last throw of the day. It wasn't the last throw of the day. The last throw of the day was third and eight. Big Brandon Allen drops back, hits Willie Sneed for 20 yards deep out. No one wants to talk about Brandon Allen being... I feel like Brandon Allen is this year's Brock Purdy, right? Like, Brock Purdy, no one talked about Brock Purdy last year. He got four or five throws a day, and he was doing fine, you know? But no one talked about him because he was only getting those few throws. In retrospect, people were like, I think I saw it. Maybe maybe one or two people did. 
But uh, that could be Brandon Allen this year. Just no one's going to say it because he's 30. But he apparently developed Joe Burrow. Jake kicks like Trey through his first year. Dude, I, he, I've never seen someone miss a 38-yard field goal with more oomph. I mean, he, he really put everything he had. He put both cheeks into that kick. Just sailed it. It was quite a sight to see. Good question, Coach. Um, that's all I got. I only had a quick little rundown of what I saw. If you didn't, if you want it, if you didn't see my not good, not so good, check it out. I also broke down the full quarterback competition. I want to say one more thing. I want to give myself credit, quality control. That quarterback competition last week was a sham. It was a bunch of checkdowns, and I don't know whose fault it was, if it was Kyle Shanahan's fault for calling those plays or the quarterback's call, fault for being uh, passive and conservative, but that all changed today. All of a sudden, the, the, the calls were more aggressive. The quarterbacks were more aggressive. Both of them made some nice plays. I want to give kudos to everyone involved, including me, for calling out some BS and shaming them into doing better. So today was a very productive practice. It was a hell of a practice. Trey really showed improvement. Sam Darnold made some nice plays. And Kyle Shanahan coached well and didn't get into a fight with anyone from the NFLPA. Although it seemed like that guy deserved it. And they worked it out. So that's good. Anyway, um, I'm out. Thanks for watching. I'll be back tomorrow. I have another 1030 practice. See what happens. See what happens. But I'm taking full credit for today's practice. It was a great practice. You're welcome.